No Chance Radio, episode 111. We are back. Welcome back to the damn show, everyone. I know you guys have a shit ton of time to be listening to the podcast, to fucking, I don't know what you guys are spending your free time doing, but welcome back to the show. Sorry it's a little late. Took a little week off. There's a lot that's been going on. Well, not really. That's a lie. But I always got my my homies with me. I try. I tried to play it off for a second as if we were like busy doing something. But I got my homies with me. Shout out to the co-hosts. Say what's up, guys. What's up? Yo, what's up, everybody? What have we? What have you guys been up to? What What is? Can we? Can we even ask that question anymore? What is new? Just been playing Animal Crossing. You know, bro. This is literally. Get- if you guys listen back to the. The, the last two episodes <laughs> this is the same updates we've been giving getting you getting my fits on in animal crossing <laughs> i think that's the only place you can get fits <laughs> off nowadays <Yeah. laughs> i can only flex in animal crossing yo shout out to everyone that that watched us on the ig live i know that's like the second time ever in our existence that we've ever done that so shout out to the the 40 some odd people that popped in and out I think a major I'd say like 70% of the people that popped in it's like when you accidentally swipe to the right to the next <laughs> yeah and then they're and like oh, back out they're like, oh shit like Still shout so out fast to you. that you can't even give them a shout yeah. out and then they're like I hope they didn't see me that I joined and like exited right yeah, after right? yeah right <laughs> so maybe they're just inflated stats but anyway we're gonna try to get more of those going man I, I think it's kind of cool to have like um have those conversations have people ask questions shit request man send us send us a request if you want to show us like your most fire shoe collection you want to get a fit off i know we were trying um if you want to show us some new music whatever man we got we got all the time in the world to be doing stuff so we'll be try we'll try to do those pretty (laughs) pretty often i want to get into today's topic which I'm not gonna lie, man. I've been listening to a lot more podcasts. Shout out to the Complex Sneakers podcast. That's uh, that's a good Brendan one. Dunn, Joe LaPuma, Matt Welty. Uh, if you've ever watched Full Full Size Run on YouTube, uh, they kind of translated that show into a podcast where they talk about um, all sorts of topics. But I think one of the good ones that they talked about recently, and one of the reasons why this episode is is gonna be. <laughs> So uh, retail focused is that they talked about their retail experiences. I think only two out of th- out of the three of them worked like at a sneaker store. I think JLP worked at I want to say Finish Line, and then Matt Welty worked at I believe it was Foot Locker, and they were just talking about their retail stories. And I thought it would be a good chance to get um, a little bit of a, a, a storytelling circle between the three of us <laughs> because all three of us worked at the same store at the same time for a good amount of time. I'd say like what. At least more than two years amongst the three of uh, each of us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I worked there 2014 till 2017. So I think exactly three years. I left. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I was just about the same. I think you left maybe a, a couple months after me. Yeah, I did. Maybe. Yeah, yeah Ryan, I think after. you left first. And then I think it was me. And then I think it was me. Wait, yep. when did you quit? Yeah. Yep. I don't even remember. I feel like it was definitely not that when you recent. guys started. I knew year, I, you guys you were both feet? there before I got started. I don't remember when I started. God, this feels like so long ago. You were like there I, like 2015, 2016 probably, I think. I think so. I think you're right. So we all worked at Nike San Francisco. That's like in the... I'd say like in the above the financial district, basically the downtown shopping area, most popular shopping area in San Francisco. Um, I'd say of all the flagship Nike stores, from what I remember in terms of stats, we were maybe ranked third or fourth, Mm -hmm. maybe after Chicago, Nike Chicago. Um, But on the West Coast, I think we were doing we were like the second most important store right after I think it was the Grove in Los Angeles. So. If you were to tier our Nike SF store, it would be like there the there's the big stores, right? There's the more important stores, Nike NYC, um, Nike Chicago, the Nike Labs. These are like high higher tier Nike stores that would get every single release, uh, tier zero releases, all those things like that. We were kind of like the uh, the ugly stepchild <laughs> of the of the Nike stores. I felt like we always had to earn 
releases. We always had to show that we were capable of making sales. Um, if we go back in the day, Nike SF used to be like a, a huge hotbed for sneaker releases when they would actually entrust the store with things like, um, I don't know if they were coveted SB releases at the time, but I think it was more so uh, retro Jordan releases, yeah, Air Max releases. Um, they were very creative in the uh, the mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s, maybe around 2000 and uh, six 2007 when they were doing the whole nike basketball thing so just trying to give you guys a context of sort of when we got into the store all of those larger sneaker releases i kind of fluttered i would say so when we started what was it 20 you said 2014 right yeah i think you started a couple months before me i started in like november of 2014 like fall of 2014 i think okay i started around when i graduated in 2014, I think I didn't start Nike until maybe around August. So yeah, a couple months before you. But what 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 was Nike like when you guys first jumped in? Like, were you guys nervous to work retail? Have you ever worked retail prior to that? Because it's a, it's a, it's a different space than compared to any for other sure, job, yeah. especially for like a company that we like really like. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't it, nervous. I was just excited. Yeah, me it too. Was Nike, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I wore Nike like in middle school and high school, like when I played sports, when I just like wanted to exercise, like you just see Nike everywhere. And it's just like a company that you're like, I want to work for them because I already wear their clothes or wear their shoes. Like I already do the Nike run club, all that kind of stuff. So you're like, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of their community. I want I want to be like Nike, you know. Wait, Ryan, why'd you start working there? The discount. I think that was the biggest (laughs) aspect of joining the company. I think first and foremost, like I think we can all agree that the brand and everything that surrounds it, the culture, the community, that's the most, that was the most important part that sort of gravitated us towards working there. And I think overall that is Nike retail is much different than working any other sneaker retail store compared to Foot Locker, the finish line, the champ sports, all those things, because it is a singular brand. Mm -hmm. And so they focus on highlighting that brand, which is obviously one of the biggest brands in the world. So when we, when we like first start there, you're engrossed in like this two week training session of learn, not even learning product, it's learning the heritage of the brand and like mm-hmm. kind of cult-like following of <laughs> all of these mantras and all of these secret sayings and everything like that. But when you guys first got to Nike, I, I, I'm very sure that the discount was the most important part. It was up there. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was up there. Come on, bro. Don't lie. It's a, Coming from you and all honestly, the shoes that you like, bought. When I started working at Nike, I I don't I didn't buy as much shoes as I thought I was going to. And I don't know if it was because like I saw it all the time, so I was like, I don't mm. you know, that type of thing. I mean I did buy hella shoes, like don't get me wrong, I do have hella Nikes now. But I didn't buy as much as I thought I would. But now I regret I it. I now I'm like much. I should have bought more. <laughs> I think I bought way too much. Um, but you know what's crazy is is when you work in in a in any like apparel retail setting. Um, well, maybe I, I, maybe you can't compare this to like working at a grocery store, but you definitely buy way more. You get to touch the product, you get to see the product before it comes out. Mm-hmm. You get to see anticipated product. Um, you learn more in terms of story and heritage about products. So we were seeing shit that didn't come out for like two, three months and also seeing things online that didn't come out for like six months and out. And we were, we were able to try things on and see all those things. So of course I was buying more stuff. Of course. Yeah. That was probably one of the coolest parts is getting to see the stuff before it actually releases. Oh yeah, definitely. And I know Nate working at acting now, you, you, you literally buy everything. If not, you're given everything for free. So I'm pretty sure that that was the same mentality when you were, when you were working at Nike because no, it's it's you had like a new pair of shoes every it's day. It's weird because you uh you would think that when you first start working there, that's when you buy everything. But I mm-hmm. think the same as P, like I w- was pretty conservative in what I was buying early on, and then towards like the halfway mark of my time there, pushing like towards the end, I was just buying everything. 
Yeah. Like <laughs> you saw the window closing. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was just, uh, I don't know, even like random stuff, like even like random GR stuff, like a pair of blazers here and there or whatever it was. Like I was just. Yeah, like you never know if I'm going to want these. I'm yeah. Just so I would just buy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had the blessing of having that 40% off that was uh, discount, nice. employee discount. And then on top of that, when we would go to the outlets, the clearance stores, mm-hmm. we would get hooked up, if not even more discounted. And that would just add to this like downward spiral of spending money. And, and, and when you hear all the employees talking about, okay, I'm about to get paid and I'm going straight downstairs with my paycheck to blow it all on, <laughs> on Nike stuff. It kind of discourages you from wanting to spend more money because you look at it as like this giant money sink of, mm-hmm. damn, I'm I'm literally giving all the money they just paid me right back to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you guys ever go to the employee store? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've ne- I didn't yes. get to go when I was. I just never. When did you go? When When was the first time you went, Nate? Uh, it was like twenty. 16 2017 something like that i went up to portland and uh with some friends and we went up there and i don't know honestly there wasn't really much like i think i bought like a, a pair of sbs and then a pair of those um those mid-top like flyknit prestos and then i think that's those are sick i think that's about it they didn't really have much there and then um bought a couple things for my family but did you? Go, is that the first, the one and only time you've gone there? Uh, I've been twice. I went with. What, what else did I go again? I went a second time, with my dad and my brother, and we ended up not buying that much either. Um, and then we hit like the Adidas employee store like right after that, but I ended up not <laughs> buying much. They just didn't have any like good stuff when I was there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they do often time. And you know, side note, Nate flies for free, everyone. So he's taking day trips to the oh. employee store on a very consistent <laughs> basis. Um, but I've gone up there maybe about three times. And if you guys don't know what the employee store looks like, and I'd say like a large chunk of people listening will never have a chance to visit it unless they have someone that either works for Nike or knows somebody who knows somebody that's willing to give up a ticket to get in there. But it's damn near a Costco-sized warehouse filled with all of the, I'd say, current releases that are on like the Nike website, as well as maybe some other ones sprinkled in here and there from like previous seasons. And they're all 50% off. So they are literally marked down to the price of what they would, what I would consider to be like msrp for how they do wholesale and ship to accounts i think that that, that's what Mm -hmm. they they level it out to um but it's it's a giant warehouse you get three shopping carts and you just go crazy uh the past two times that i've been there obviously uh they didn't have much in terms of what i like because i i'm i'm very very positive that the three of us have have a specialized taste and it's not very like general to what they have in these stores anyway um so i definitely didn't find much but it it is something um to feast your eyes on because of how insane and overwhelming it is you feel like you have to like you ever watch those those old nickelodeon segments where they would give a kid like 30 seconds to pull up with the cart through toys r us (laughs) to grab whatever he wanted you remember those yeah i remember those and they would like be panicking because they don't know like what, where to start. <laughs> and then like there's no strategy involved at all. They're just throwing like <laughs> every as much as they can in their cart. But but yeah, that, that's literally how it feels to be shopping at the store. But that's just one of the many perks of working at Nike and that there there's so many so much more to working at Nike. But what I want to talk about now is the the insider stories of working at a store uh, that consisted of maybe how many people do you think worked at our store at once? Maybe oh, like a hundred. Definitely over. Yeah, definitely over yeah. hundred for sure. A hundred plus. It was a five-story store, from what I remember. Three, four, five, six. I think it was. And then yeah. Upstairs. Okay. Yeah. Five mm-hmm. stories, um, divided into different categories and things like that. Uh, What's the, what what floors when you first got in were you guys responsible for? Uh, 
Like what I categories? was on four, so I was in uh, men's running and training. Because it was I like was on the first, my, which was <laughs> yeah. my rookie camp was like <laughs> there was like fifteen dudes and like two girls, so all the dudes just went to the fourth floor, basically. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because I remember your whole class, like, well, I I don't want to consider it a class, but that whole camp basically worked together for a really really long time. Yeah, we were all together mm. for like a like at least a year before we all like parted ways to different departments so yeah. it was kind of cool P, were you on three downstairs the whole time i was on well i guess wait i was on women's i remember didn't women's change around no weren't you on five or like six i feel P, like no he wasn't on five i was always on women's i believe i was always on women's i believe so yeah i was I always on so. women's i don't remember what floor was I, it was the very first floor they walked in well third, going up the elevator third floor Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she forgot the whole layout of the store. I know already. because the first floor is technically like when you walk in the door. So then it's like you go up the elevator, and then yeah. it's like <laughs> you work the door. Floor. You were the security guard. You <laughs> work first floor. No, but this. It, it, so it relatively stays the same. But the whole way the Nike uh, store is set up is third floor is pretty much all women's. Uh, they revamped the entire store. I haven't been there. I since. know. I we should go back and look. Honestly, it's nice. I went like yeah. I went like once. Look. It's pretty I nice. Go see. Uh, third floor is all women's fourth floor is pretty much like the men's running um men's running floor fifth floor is kind of like a toss-up which is where i worked and they had all of the like the bullshit yeah let's take the leftovers yeah they're like where do we put this <laughs> and so it was like um kids all kids footwear they had the soccer football they had at one point they had golf training tennis so Working that floor, you had to be a bit more versatile and, and sure. understanding like what people wanted and like speaking to different uh, sports. But at the same time, like there would always be that one person on the floor that's really good at that particular sport, and then I would just like alley Send them you to them. the customer <laughs> them. I'd just be like, "Yo, take this." But the best floor in the building was the sixth floor because they had all the cool stuff. Everybody and wanted none to of be the on managers sixth floor. Went like, up there. Everybody wanted to be on sixth floor. Nobody like it was. It was the only floor that was blocked off from like the middle like opening, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't see like all the way down to the bottom and people couldn't peek up there to see if you were actually working. Yeah. So shout out to the sixth floor. I would say almost one of the laziest floors because they really oh, didn't Oh, for sure. Much. And that was like, that was like the floor where you got like the sketchiest people. Like all the scammers yeah, were like the There's a balance, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's, there's like a, a trade-off. Like you get cool yeah. stuff. It was, a, it was a huge trade-off. <laughs> but you have to deal with like you had to people. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you had to work, it was probably chasing out scammers. Yep. And But I, I want to get into that part because I think that's the juiciest part of our experiences at Nike. We'll get into the releases <laughs> afterwards. But... <sighs> Nike SF is within, I'd say, walking distance from one of the most impoverished lower income areas in San Francisco, and that's the Tenderloin. Mm -hmm. um, most foreigners that travel in usually stay in that area because it's a little bit cheaper and then quickly realize that <laughs> this is not the San Francisco that they expected. Um but a lot of great culture and a lot of great history in that area as well. A lot of good food places, True. too. Cheap-ass food yeah. places also. Um, but, yeah, so it's very closely adjacent to the Tenderloin area. And so, obviously, in walking distance, you get a lot of homeless people and you get a lot of people that are looking for a come-up. And when I say looking for a come-up, it's everything from actually physically stealing to... <laughs> Uh, credit card scamming and everything and anything else. But do you guys have a favorite favorite story in regards to like someone that came in the store and like tried to steal something or like tried to like scam like and it was like completely obvious. I think uh I think the craziest story I remember is when um I don't know if you guys were there that day, but uh there's like this, I don't know if he was homeless or something, but he was the, like this crazy dude was running around the store and he got into like the stock room. Wait, you remember I that? remember And he was that. like going up and down <laughs> each floor, that. like going through each stock room. And then I think, uh, yeah. 
I think he like hit one of the managers or something. Wait, was like, he the one that exited out? Was he the one that exited out the like back door or something? Wasn't yeah. there somebody that like exited out the back door? Yeah, insane. It was crazy. I remember that. Oh my god, I forgot all about that one. And then like we that? would just we would just continue working because it was like fairly normal. <laughs> like, it was, like happened. Yeah. Like like you see him in the stock room, like yo, excuse me, I need to get that. Can you? Can you grab me? A size yeah. Are you on runner right now? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> you're on runner. But what's crazy about those situations is that one of the policies within working at a retail store like that, with only one entrance and one exit, is that. We always were, were told like, yo, like just ask them politely, can you give us the shit back? Or we, we see that you're stealing, it's but like, we don't want to accuse you It's like, you know damn well they're not going to give it back. Exactly. <laughs> so the policy was never to, obviously, in any workplace setting, you can't just put your hands on like customers. It's not, it's not a thing. You lose your job in an instant. And second, we had this whole thing of just like, people didn't know that it was there was like we could just couldn't chase like that we couldn't it, it, it was it it was the question and then after that it's like fuck it they got it well <laughs> i would say there's a there is one manager who will not be named who um they're like these two kids that I took something I... and then uh oh go, go, he go, go, like go. he he followed them across union square like like at least like three or four blocks and then he got the stuff back and then he came back to the store and i was like dude you're crazy like why would you we well we had another manager it was a girl and uh i don't know if you guys know who i'm talking about but she would always go outside the door and like cuss them out or like yell at them or like try and make like that scammer like known to everybody around them that like they were stealing i I don't know if you know which manager i'm talking about but she always did that people used to have like like they would they would go off like like the way that nate's talking about like they would just go walking yeah and they would just peruse around union square and 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 hope that that they would try to scam or try to steal at some other store and then eventually get them caught they would i'd say like the managers that worked at the nike sf store they learned a lot of like like life lessons like for sure how to like maneuver in general you know what i mean remember when we would make calls or other stores would call us being like hey watch out for so and so they've been going around yeah. like you know all this kind of stuff like that's crazy yo there was an actual moment uh, from our store that went viral on uh, oh on yeah i saw I think, that yeah i think it was posted on either world star or some other uh a popular Instagram meme account, mm-hmm. but it was literally a girl that got out of an elevator. And so at, at our store, sometimes we'd have new releases and they'd be kept behind the cash registers that are no longer, I don't think they're there anymore. They're not like there the anymore. They moved it. Oh my they? gosh, to where? Did I they move it? I'm I not can't sure. even I imagine. I we but gotta it's go very look. Closely, we gotta go look. Very, very close to the, the elevator. So in the video, the girl comes out of the elevator, right? Walks straight to the shoe that's sitting on the counter. And then you see one of the employees literally do like a spin move, like a little hezzy spin move and grab the shoe as if it was like like a handoff in a football game. Like yeah. It was so smooth. <laughs> And he literally just took the shoes back and put it back. And the girl just walked away as if nothing happened. And it's like one of the dopest videos ever. <laughs> I don't even know who that was, man. I, I think that was, that, that was, yeah, that was after our time. Way after I our remember time. That, him, that but he time. wasn't, he got fired after that. Oh, for, for taking the shoes? Uh, one of the managers got fired for showing him that video. Oh. And then he got fired for recording that video and posting it online. So they both wow. got fired. Damn, that's I crazy. That. Dude, do you yeah. remember, like, some employees would get arrested at work. Like, that was crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we honestly, okay, Nike, as much as we talk about outsider scammers, Nike had so many insider scammers, too. The- Yo, the inside trading was even within worse. the store it was honestly is wild. Worse. Is wild. I'm not going to put out like their security policy like that, but people would get really crafty oh, yeah. for stealing things like shoes, socks, it was any sort of accessory. And it got wild to the point where like any given day, you would see someone get called out of your floor 
and then you would never see them ever again. And then you'd be asking everyone, like, what happened to so-and-so? And they'd just be like, I don't know, man. People would vanish in, like, like they were... But it was like the end game. Seriously. Like the crazy the thing is, is that like they didn't think they would ever get caught. And like maybe yeah. they were doing it for like a couple to a few months. But it's like because Nike's investigating you and making sure that like mm-hmm. <laughs> you are doing what you're doing before they fire you. Because <laughs> you, like you always get yeah. caught. You always get caught. Anybody that's listening that works at a retail store, there, there, you have a very small window for whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. trying to do. Because they will catch you the first time you do it, but they will not say anything until it's the fourth or fifth time yep. you do it. Because at that point, they for sure things know. get stacked up and <laughs> yeah. things become actual charges. And I'm not going to get into yeah. the nitty gritty of it, but be aware. They watching <laughs> they you. Cameras. They watching you. Exactly. Man, <laughs> there's so many of those stories, man. So That's many of crazy. those stories. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Or like people will get arrested for like stuff they did outside of work. And then you just see them get like just taken out in handcuffs like jesus dude. yeah it's crazy to me like the, the shit chases them into work like <laughs> seriously it's, it's wild people's rap sheets coming back to them dang i forgot how crazy like nike actually yeah was. but that's what that's what made it fun because like you literally yeah. did, had no idea what was gonna happen that day like others can yeah this is like true. it was gonna be like a normal day or you're gonna have some like something crazy happen and then you have mm-hmm. like a store to sell after you know what i'm saying nike was the college experience that i'd never <laughs> yeah dude same it totally like, was it felt like literally college or something like it was because so, everyone like, is relatively the same age yeah more or less like i think obviously when i first came in nate was the youngest person that i had known because he he wasn't even 21 yet yet he was still sneaking into bars <laughs> courtesy of of some employees at our store no names will be, will be told. <laughs> but we were all relatively the same age right we were in the heart of downtown san francisco so we had everything at our disposal mm-hmm. and all we had to do was work like rarely if anybody wasn't like taking school that seriously or in school or had already graduated me. so it's like work <laughs> <laughs> so it's work and then whatever else after and i think that's what made it so much fun because everyone had like roughly the same responsibilities. Yeah. And so we we could all do the same things. Yeah. And I think. And we were all just young. And yeah, exactly. Too. I was just about to say that. Like we were, we were all on the same page. Like we would just work. And then after we would like just go hang out. And it was like. Or go to tap during your yeah. lunch. Break. Shout out Yo. the tap room, man. <laughs> go to tap the during goat. your lunch. Lord, Lord and Savior <laughs> yes. tap room. Oh Spent many God. nights there. Yeah, Many countless lunches. <laughs> lunches, <laughs> lunches, breakfast, lunch, dinners, yeah. everything. Oh Pre-meetings, post-meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, not gonna lie, store Dude, meetings were like so all-star, fun. Yeah, our all-star they meetings were. were so cool. Because you wouldn't see most of the people like on like a month basis. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh shit, like you still work here. Like I haven't seen you in like weeks. Like. Those were it's so crazy. fun. Yeah. Those were popular. The, the, sure. the camaraderie within the store, I think, again, makes this different than any other retail experience, only because there's such a a, a large amount of uh, of different types of eclectic people that are. I mean, you could meet f- three people in the store that are exact replicas of yourself like you Mm -hmm. guys are all have the same interests you all like into the same things you can meet people that are complete polar opposites of you that work on the same floor you could meet your your new ex-girlfriend (laughs) ex-boyfriend your husband your wife whatever like this store had it all yeah that's so which is why it mirrors college Mm -hmm. literally the same thing We've made so many homies working there. Like, for instance, I mean, we're just one example, but like, we've made so many like good friendships just working at that store. We've made a lot of good friendships for sure. Obviously, the three of us on this podcast still, and I think we've talked about it in. I mean, in the first episode, this, the first episode back with the three of us is how the podcast even started to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Like. I don't, I think in regards to the role of working the fifth floor as well, I used to do the social media for the, for the Nike SF store. So at Nike SF on Twitter is the one that I used to handle. I used to handle all like a majority of the releases, things like that. But the first conversation we had about the podcast 
was the three of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to allude to the story that we told in that episode <laughs> is when Nate and Priscilla were arguing about Japanese designers for some <laughs> odd reason. I don't even know how it came to that. I honestly don't but know. That's what we would be I don't doing even think I really knew you at the basis. time, Priscilla. No, I think that was no, like... No, like she, bar- she was, she's been around. I no, don't, but I barely, I barely like talked. I think I barely talked to yeah. you. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. I talked to you us. a lot more than I did to Nate. Yeah, but then we started working together on the same floor when I moved out. Yeah, of and three. then Nate started uh, coming. Nate yeah, started yeah, yeah. working on the women's floor at yeah. one point. I remember. <laughs> he was one that. of the only guys working the and women's floor. And then that's floor. when me and Nate started hanging out because you he was why? on the women's floor. Yeah, best believe that was not a great place for him to be. <laughs> uh, lots of. Um, Dare I say temptation um, and things Yo, like that. Yo, we nature. said we weren't going to expose anybody on this podcast. That so. was hella funny, though. I said your name. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was included. I thought I was included in that. <laughs> There's an asterisk next to your name. But yeah, that's yeah. I'm not, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not gonna get into the the uh, the other dark side of working at Nike SF. Just let me preface with this: there's a lot of guys that work there and a lot of girls that work there. <laughs> Put the two together, you guys. Are you're not doing. You're not doing a very good job of like. <laughs> of like trying to. I have sup- not said any names. I have not exposed any one of the sorts. Oh man. <laughs> What was the we question? Just, we all what was just the question? Just, just, tell, just tell me the uh, tell me the time code, and I'll delete that whole section <laughs> if you want. Me to. Uh, uh, oh, okay, but let's get into another aspect of working at a great store like Nike SF. Obviously, when you work for a company like Nike, you get to deal with some of the perks, which is sneaker releases. And from working from the year 2014 up until like 2017, just about there was a lot of great shit that dropped from nike a lot of innovative stuff a lot of re-retro stuff things they brought back that were in the archives i think we had a good taste of everything within the span of that oh, three for years sure, yeah yeah i would say so some of the best releases too yeah i think some like releases that i kind of even slept on like looking back on it now like that i'm kind of oh upset God, that i didn't so get many. um so many yeah releases. there's so much good stuff mm-hmm. like when i first got there 2014 that was kind of like the peak of like flying it and like when that first kind of came yep. out so there were like the racers there were the trainers that had dropped like maybe a couple months a year prior to that mm-hmm. and then um just sort of that whole like running shoe wave that started during that like time frame so that was like that was that was a good time to work there i think there and like you said, like we had Jordan retros, we had some pretty cool like SBs, uh, and then like sportswear was popping off too. Like the whole the Crazy. whole height of like the tech fleece, um, yep, kind of wave. Yeah, tech fleece was like everywhere. And yeah, I remember for uniforms, <laughs> like you'd be like, "Yo, I hope we get like tech Dang, fleece this." Like, I forgot about <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> Yeah, the free Nike plug. I have so every, much what was Nike that every shit. three months? Every every six months? Yeah, like that? something like that. I have so much of like the same item too. Yeah. I best believe Crossroads saw a lot of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> recently. What do I need eight running shirts for? <laughs> I remember they gave me like the same running pants for like like three, four like seasons in a row. And I was like, bro, I do not need these. <laughs> what about the shoes like much. sometimes you gotta pick like depend depending on like the section like training you'd get training shoes like sportswear you would get like air forces or like you know shit like that yeah oh like i i felt like a sponsored athlete i was giving so yeah, many shoes yeah. like it was crazy <laughs> like oh like i see you're trying to start running here take these you're my size i'm just like when have I ever been able to do this? Ever? Yeah. Like, to this day, I'm still not able to do this. I would this. never wear my staff kit, though. Or wear my, um, where, what was it called? Staff, staff dress. dress. I would never yeah, wear my staff, staff dress. dress. I would always, like, buy something and wear that. I'd be like, man, I don't want this, like, yep. week. Shout out to Nike SB, keeping us looking like the clothes that we would naturally <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Wear like the chinos, <laughs> like the skate pants. Yeah. And, like, with the tee. That's the best thing ever. Yeah. 
The weirdest part was that we could only wear something. Do you guys remember this? Is that we could only wear something that was like available to consumers themselves. Like we couldn't yep. wear something that was like out of season or like past seasons or whatever. You had to like be able to buy it either like online or in our store or at, at yeah. our store. That was the crazy. It was much part. harder to get a fit off. That yeah, way. exactly. I, we couldn't pull out old Nike stuff. You do I, I think Nikes from previous like employees. Yeah, they would say that you could wear anything Nike, which was like a, a cool time. But I think when we got in around 2014, um, yeah, I think they completely ridded that. But mm-hmm. what's crazy is we came in at such a good time. Like, unfortunately, we were at the tail end of 2014 going into 2015. So we were missing stuff like um, we missed Fragment Ones when they came out the December of uh 2014 we were missing uh i think tiffany highs was like another shoe that had come out in 2014 also there was a lot of really good stuff and you gotta you guys gotta remember jordan's used didn't retro as often prior i'd say maybe before 2010 like it was very like a few retros a year Mm -hmm. but when we started we we were able to to see how much more retros were starting to come out. And there was mm-hmm. a shit ton every every month. I'd say there would maybe be about two to three Jordan retros and like good releases too. Yeah, and then in, within the span of three years that we worked there, we saw like every retro that ever came out. Like Yeah, we had yeah, that like near. sneaker like release calendar that we would all be trying to look at. Like everybody <laughs> would be crowded around it in the hallway, like looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, shit, that's coming out. Yeah. Oh, I need... And then they would run straight to me like, I need that. Ryan, I need <laughs> that, bro. I need that. Yeah. So, so 2014, <laughs> Nate's right. Like, the racer was the biggest... Or 20, yeah, 2014, 2015, the racer was a, a huge hit. Um, I don't think that... Yeah, they don't sell those on, on, on the Nike website anymore. No, but I, during I that honestly, time, didn't they... Did they, um, did they, like, stop distributing them? Do they, like... I don't think I, I think they just took them down. Yeah. They hadn't made any new colors. Right? I haven't yeah, seen them so in like a I while. I haven't seen them in a minute. Yeah. 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 I think I'm they might have cut right them now, out maybe around like 20, 2018, 20, I think so. To think that that was almost four, that was like damn near six years ago is insane. Yeah, that was a long time ago. What was it? What was the shoe in twenty fifteen? Because it was the year before Olympics. But 2015 probably had a, cu- a couple of other coveted Jordans. Um, a lot of foam posits. Foam posits were like one of the, the one of the best sellers for a minute. Um, but there are just a lot of shoes in general. Air Max Day was always a good one for our store. Mm-hmm. But the most, the one that irks me the most in terms of shoe releases, every holiday, the goddamn Jordan 11. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> that would either make or break the rest of your holidays because not only will it be the busiest day release day of the year <laughs> but it's also like it's just pure dude madness. do you remember because they <laughs> do you go, remember go. like man I'm, I'm fed up <laughs> like the morning of release day like we'd have to get there super early and then uh yeah. we'd have yes. to like prepare the store for release day so like set it like we'd have to unfold like shopping bags already like okay Dude, I did overnights for those a lot. Yeah, and then, like, mentally prepare yourself for that. Because it was a lot. Like, it was, like, almost like you're going to, like, war. And you have to, like, get ready. Yo, there wasn't (laughs) a second to, like, talk to anyone. It was just straight. You're talking to customers the whole time. And and you guys got to understand, like, there's... There's not, it's not just a men's size. Like you're not just dealing with the full size run of a men's size. You're dealing with everything from the baby infant size run to like all the way up until like the largest men's size. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fucking shoes. And these Jordan 11s would come in the largest quantities, like five, 600 pairs. So you're dealing with an entire, like, I would say like, I remember selling those things up until like almost like five, four, three, four, five p.m. Like, and we would open the store at like eleven, so that's like five, six hours straight of looking at these damn Space Jams. <laughs> yeah, you'd be ready for a break after like an hour because in that in that oh like that first God, hour so you deal with like so much bullshit that it's like yeah. all right, I need to, I need like to take a step back and take a break because this is getting ridiculous. Like, 
you that very first hours i think is when you deal with the most like the most scammers like the rudest people Mm -hmm. and just like people who are just being unreasonable about like a pair of shoes you know we had a very tricky system in the beginning too because it would be a combination of people camping out and it would just be like whoever's there first gets their shoes it would be a mixture of like wristbanding yeah i uh, remember the wristband like rsvps like all these different things so managing the different inquiries at the same time while answering the phone while you're trying to check people out it made things so much more hectic when it came to release day and i hated it yeah it yeah it was just it was madness you know like it was and it was like the holidays too so everybody was just on edge and super oh, yeah. tense on edge and for like sure. it would be like like two weeks before christmas yeah. too and like you'd just be getting cussed out like the first two hours of your shift and then you'd be like <laughs> all right <laughs> like nike knows what they're doing to us by putting this putting this release in the heart of like december it's just like bro are you serious yeah. is this necessary and then like people want to get mad at you when they try to use a fake credit card and then they're like oh they're like what do you mean God. it's not working i'm like yo it's not working try it again like, bro. i can't yeah. even count how many times that's actually happened yeah it's crazy thank god for the chip yeah <laughs> but i'd say one of the one of the greater disadvantages of having a a bunch of releases at our store is that we also get first dibs sometimes mm-hmm. um do you guys remember like the first because a lot of these shoes like people are fighting for these shoes they're they're literally signing up to hundreds of raffles to try to get some of these shoes and we have them at our disposal to almost decide whether or not we want them or not what was the shoe that you were able to pick up that like people are somewhat envious of or like to this day you look back on it it's like damn i'm glad i got that shoe um bread ones i think i got super easy oh yeah and then i ended up not even keeping them i think i i gave them to my i gave them to my brother for like christmas or something or like his birthday or something bro that's such a good gift yeah Yeah. i was like here you go and then um i think i got three pairs from that release oh my gosh ryan yeah, I got three pairs. Yeah, of I got them for Jeez. stupid joke too, like eighty bucks, ninety bucks. So crazy! Oh my god! No people listening to this are hot. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Storm blue ones, man. Like those are sitting Fire. on shelves. Like, um, I cop those like when we randomly had a like fifty percent off sale, like randomly yep. one day, and then um, I got those for like fifty percent off, so I ended up paying what like like 70 bucks for those crazy super good they go for like four or five hundred now yeah that's crazy yeah so i'm super happy i got those i had the great privilege of actually being able to choose the people who won the shoes i was just gonna say that like a (laughs) so a very specific uh responsibility of mine was to create what were called employee lotteries and these are things that are already pre-established by the higher-ups and everything like that so we're allotted a certain amount for employees especially if we have a large stock and we do an internal raffle and from there the person quote-unquote randomly selects <laughs> quote unquote, Ryan randomly um, selected. the winners and so because I had the power of, of doing the raffle, I also had the power of selecting the winners. So I had a very core group of friends that love shoes, a.k.a. Nate the only reason so. why we became friends, I think, in the first place. <laughs> you would come in the office and just ask me what's releasing, and that's where the, that's where the friendship was formed. And, and then once I lost those privileges, I rarely hear from yeah. Nate. It was like... And that's simply because Okay, this of is that. my routine. Because the locker the lockers are like literally right around the corner from the marketing office where Ryan worked. So I would drop mm-hmm. my stuff off in the locker. I would get there like 15 minutes early, drop my stuff off in the locker, make my way to Ryan's office and be like, hey, uh, any fire strike coming out? No? All right. Keep pushing. Clock in. And then I would do that like almost every day. Like, hey, anything good coming out? No. All right. Cool. And Every then day you passed by Ryan's office, so that's why you got to ask him. Yeah, and then, like, when something did come out, I'd be like, yo, so what's good? <laughs> We're cool, and right? I'd, like, I'd just say the same thing I say to everybody else. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan was but what's so awesome plug. about that is I would, like, I, on the back end, I would be able to see releases that came out, like I said earlier, three 
four, five, six months out in advance, I would able, I was able to see when they were coming into the store, when I could see them in person, all these different things, like information that people on Nike Talk or Hype Beast forums would die for at the time, and it was all it was all there, and I was super I was super privileged to be able to do that because for one. I got to set up mechanisms that were able to guarantee me a pair of them, <laughs> but also like for people that I know that love shoes and maybe take L's every now and then, maybe they had a chance of getting those shoes too. So I remember like personally reaching out to the people that love phone posits, like, yo, like I got these phone posits that are coming in. Like, do you want them? All right, cool. That's your allotment for the month. That's what I used to do. I used to hand out like allowance, like monthly allowance. Like this is your <laughs> shoe for the month. This is your shoe for the month. Um, but then when it started to come to like the more higher profile releases and people knew that I was like in charge of that stuff. Oh my God. Like I was getting texts outside of work. I was getting texts while people Damn, were working Ryan. because they would see it and be like, yo, aren't you on the floor right now? How are you texting me? <laughs> um, I would get like call everything like that. And best believe like i definitely was very specific about what shoes i gave to people um and if they really really wanted it you know this was like the first instance of clout chasing like it, are you are you getting this shoe because you know the clout's gonna bring you mm -hmm. or do you truly love this shoe mm -hmm. and i had to like balance that out to make you're sure. like the gatekeeper Aww, slash like drug dealer low key low key no drugs <laughs> are being sold at nike that i know of but i was definitely uh, a very important part of some people's like shoe. I mean, like drug dealer in a sense of like, yo, I got this. Like, do you need it? Like, I got you. Like, do you want this? This is true. <laughs> this is true. I very much remember that. Oh my god. Um, but it was like it was definitely like a really cool privilege to have, and to just to be as a, as a, a fan of sneakers um, in general, to be able to see stuff that wasn't coming out, to see technology that was being created, um, and having like the first. Uh, the inside scoop, if you want to call it that, man, it was such an amazing experience. And even be, to be able to show other people that love shoes, I'm sure I showed Nate like release calendars and like launch lists um, ahead of time, just being like, yo, these shoes are going to drop in like three months from now. Like these are like the preview pictures, which are like 32 bit megapixel, yeah. like <laughs> hell, like chopped up images. Or there wouldn't even be um, like a picture sometimes. You just see the name and you'd be like, yo, what is that? Yeah, even? you it would just see the name. Like, what is that going to look yeah. like? And then we just mm -hmm. like drop yeah. ideas in our head of what it could possibly look like. Mm -hmm. We're like, trying to put together like color codes of like oh could this be like this is a zero zero two is like either a white gray or black oh my like, god ooh, it might be like an oreo color <laughs> like you back so like, many memories like it's like zero four six like okay six there's some red in there four ooh. there's a little bit of blue oh and then god. zero like multicolor potentially yeah. <laughs> like yeah like th this is all terminology that we were like we, not only were we becoming like super super yeah. knowledgeable of but we we were able to to get a better insight uh within the sneaker community and like understand shoes on a whole different level than like the average consumer which is one of the reasons why like we look at shoes so much more different than other people because we know like a little bit more about the heritage about mm -hmm. shape about you know everything from sizing and colors and all that because I mean, a lot of us, we've had these discussions before. I'm sure me and Nate has probably had this discussion before. Like, and sometimes we would have this multiple times in the building on a, on a, on a, any given day is like, which Jordan one, like shape is better over the past five years. Like these were conversations that we were having, like relatively consistently. Mm -hmm. We were just looking at shoes differently all the time. So great privilege, obviously. Uh, it definitely built my collection at the time from literally having like zero heat to current day having zero heat. But at the time, at one point in time, having like at least 20 plus pairs, all like straight like releases at one point. But not anymore. Not anymore. That's not what I'm into right now. I'm into Marie Kondo. Okay, it right. It doesn't sure. mean anything. Get rid sure. of it. Um, that's, that's what I'm into right now. But um, We need a closet tour. No, yo, like a, like a Craves closet store. Yeah, yeah, y'all don't want to see that. I don't, I've downsized, downsized. I'm sure you guys have been downsizing too. Everyone's downsizing, cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. I'm sure that's what's everyone doing anyway. I don't know. I got some. I don't know. I still have a lot of clothes. Still got some fire. Bro, so I'm okay, still pissed Nate. that you were wearing needles track pants on the live. In the, you haven't even left the house. 
what what ridiculous all right i'll just go okay let me just go buy some pro base sweats or something and we'll do go to target buy yourself some cookie monster sweatpants and then just keep <laughs> moving i don't know why you have to wear the Be- needles they're comfy the you want sweatpants. oh god it's all good but all i can say is i mean there's countless and hundreds of stories that we can tell about our experience at nike but i think one of the great things that we can pull out of it is obviously a greater knowledge for sneaker product story and heritage i think that even if we try to take that piece out of it when we look at things that nike releases nowadays or any other brand releases i think that that's one of the things that we have a, we're very adept and keen eye to i mean when you guys look at brands now like streetwear brands fashion brands do you guys look past just the product what do you mean i tend to like i tend to at least like i think like well from like my experiences at nike like how when we went through core and like we learned about like the history of Mm -hmm. like certain products like now i think about that and i'm like what does that mean why did they do that to their logo or why this material or something yeah, like like almost like you want to learn more about the brand. Mm-hmm. Like, you, what are they about? Um, what's their 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 story? Where where's their history? Um, almost like what athletes or what influencers do they affiliate themselves with? Like, I feel like for us now, when we look at brands, we try to encompass everything rather than just look at like, oh, that shoe's sick. Like, that's it. And I think that's why we become more selective of brands and and we're able to easier easily pick out and weed out those that are you know not as authentic. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think um I mean not only of course like the pro- like having the privilege of seeing the product firsthand, but I think just working there sort of I don't know, it's sort of in a way it kind of breeds you it turns you into like a different person but i think in a good way you know like in a way Mm -hmm. that you look at things from different perspectives and try to you know like piece things together in a way Mm -hmm. that makes sense or in a way that tells a story and i think that uh that's like one of the biggest takeaways of working there is that um i don't know it's something that you carry sort of carry with you after your time there um at least like for me and i'm sure for you guys too but yeah it just it yeah yeah. i I agree working there just kind of changes your perspective on things a little bit Mm -hmm. that was around a time before like brands actually were being transparent for the sake of like being clear and open to their consumers you know what i mean like we were seeing everything that nike was doing on the back end in terms of transparency um uh, when it comes to materials, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, all that stuff was being implemented in, you know, products and footwear that they were making. So we were seeing that firsthand. But if if I were to go back to that time and really open up my eyes to what other brands were doing, it really wasn't happening in that same capacity. Even when it came to the streetwear brands, it was just this is the product. There's no story to it, and everything in between it it just kind of happened like that but now obviously fast forwarding to 2020 and we talk about this in almost every episode transparency is key and and i think the importance lies in what a lot of these brands are doing and, and how they get their consumers to buy into what they have to sell not in just in the sense of product but in the sense of who we are as a brand. And mm-hmm. I think obviously working at Nike, as Nate mentioned, it really opened our eyes into saying like, damn, like Nike was super ahead of its time. And I think they had to be because of how big they were. But at the same time, it really opened our eyes to being like, yeah, every brand should be open and honest about what they do and what goes into their product and stuff like it was that. Like, it was almost like a training ground for like how to build relationships with people and also like how to, like I feel like Definitely. if you worked at Nike... I think nine times out of ten, you could almost sell anything. True. Like, if you give, I don't know, I feel like if you give me something that you want to sell, like, I could, you know, most likely sell it because of, like, what I learned yep. there. Um, and just, yeah, again, just, like, how to build those, like, long-lasting, like, genuine relationships with people. I think that's another thing, um, another big takeaway from working there. 
No, that's a big fact. I think appreciating product is also another huge thing. Like we all love streetwear. We all love sneakers and clothing. And when you get to be around it all the time, you convey how important those things are mm-hmm. to the people that you're selling them to. And you find a much more, like you almost speak with a bravado when you talk about a shoot pair of shoes that you like, but you also get to sell. You know what I mean? And if you have past experiences with them, if you've worn them before, if you currently own them, it makes it so much easier to push onto, I want to say push on other people, but convince other people to purchase. Um, and I think that's well, that was one of my favorite parts because when you get to sell a shoe like a the OG colorway of the Air Max 1, there's so much you can talk about in regards to that shoe and so much history and heritage and there's so much about that that you can almost make the person that you're selling it to believe as if you're the one that created that shoe. Like that's how good of a job convincing wise you could probably be towards other people for them to be like, did this motherfucker make this shoe? <laughs> like he's so passionate about this shoe. Well, the people that also came into our store, like you can tell the certain people that came into our store, like they were looking to buy something for like mm-hmm. something specific too. Like for example, if it was like a running shoe and somebody needed a new running shoe because they were going on like a triathlon or something and they asked yeah. for your advice, you would be able to tell them like this Air Max bubble is here for this reason. Do you pronate? Do you supinate? Like, you know, like, and we had demo treadmills for people to literally try on the shoe and like Crazy. try it out and run in it. So it was really cool. Yeah. Every, everyone that came in had a story, which was awesome. And I think some of my favorite experiences is like having those conversations with consumers and then talking about like, yo, like back in the day I had this shoe, this shoe, mm-hmm. this shoe. Like you guys remember like this colorway and like the the, the shape of the they toe box a little bit different. Like, yeah, exactly. And some that I think we always sort of narrow narrowly focus down our episodes into like why that community aspect is so important because nike nike sf and and i would assume a lot of nike stores maybe not so much like outlet clearance stores where it's like focused Mm -hmm. more so on selling like a lot of shit (laughs) but i think at some of these flagship stores like people go there not only to shop, but to also like meet like-minded individuals that yeah. like love the product just as much as them. Mm-hmm. And so with us, like if we're working in a section that we really love, like Nike SB for myself and a skater comes in and wants to buy a pair of shoes, but also knows about dunks, then it's like, hell yeah, like let's talk for like 30 minutes or until I get told to move to another section because <laughs> yeah. I'm not working. Like whatever, <laughs> let's have that conversation. It's nice. It's, it's refreshing. But um, I think sort of circling back to that community aspect there's not too many flagship stores in the world that i can name of that you can go in and just have like a deeper connection with the people that work there you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think i don't know i I would get that a lot like yo can you stop talking to this person for like 45 (laughs) minutes about random stuff and like you know like do something but also at the same time it's you know, it's about like building again, like building those relationships with like the people that you work with and also the people in the community, like just meeting those like minded people on both ends, like the back end and also when you're working um mm-hmm. with them like as a customer, I think is it's it's part of what makes the job fun, I think, in in realizing that like, yo, there's other people out there that are interested in the same stuff that I am and it's Yeah. It's cool to have and a then conversation. They would come about back it. and visit you and be yeah. like, Hey, I remember yeah, you. That was the craziest yeah. part. And then, like, that that's how stuff like this happens, you know, like getting together with, like, other people that you didn't know before, but you shared a common mm-hmm. interest with and you became homies and, you know, you decided to do a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right back to the origins of how this thing started, even though I, I still don't have a hookup for Nate when it comes to sneakers, but he's still here. So <laughs> that's an that's a upside so he must to all actually this, want to right? be your friend, Ryan. <laughs> That could be a factor. Maybe he just doesn't want to play uh, singles in in Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, that's probably why. I'm just a secondary person to call out enemies. But anyways, I want to end it there because I think that we all, I mean, coming out of coming out of Nike, I'd say like overall it was a great experience. Um, 
pay wasn't that great. Definitely but, not. Uh, other than that, I'd say <laughs> I would say that looking at it from afar, currently it does change your mindset for how you look at things present day. And this goes for everything that we deal with within the podcast and obviously how the podcast started. There's so much to it. Um, and we can have three more episodes based around it. But I think that we gave you a, a nice little glimpse of what it's like to work in uh, a Nike flagship store. Uh, what a crazy, insane experience. And that's just within the store, outside of the store is even crazier mm-hmm. with those same people. Um But I want to say thank you guys for listening to today's episode, this week's episode, not last week's episode because there was no episode last week. But thank you for listening to episode 111. Be sure to go and follow us at No Chance Radio on all social platforms. We release episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. And shout out to Kwaiki Yerba Mate for sponsoring today's episode, keeping us energized. I'm fucking, I got the jitters. I got to go run a mile or something, <laughs> go play video games. I got I to gotta let this energy out. But anyways, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Later. Bye, guys.